Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. How we doing? This is Rob Bolster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but yeah. they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Right, here we are. Happy Wednesday, hump day. Joining, not joining, I said joining too early. All right, so you guys know we keep the show. I am botching this intro big time, but that's okay because I have enough energy to bring it right back. All right, so you guys know we keep the show motivational. See, and I have the words up on the screen now. See, so that takes away from the botching. Motivational, educational, entertaining and transformational. We got to apply what we go through here in every single show. I bring on guests that share their life experiences to help you get through yours. So that's the purpose of this. I always say if people can spend an hour binge watching on Netflix, take an hour for your own personal development. Because what we're both going to share, what my guest and I tell you, what we're both going to share are things that you can apply to your life today. Today, you don't need any special skills. We're not gonna add, ask you to buy anything. Well, maybe maybe my guest book, but we're not gonna ask you to buy anything. We want you guys to open up your mind, open up the heart, and just listen to what we are telling you. And as you're listening to us, don't just listen to us, see how you can apply it to you. Okay, so that's the purpose of listening to these things is to see what can you get out of it. Be selfish, okay? Dissect our brains, ask questions in the comment section, and see what you guys can pull from us, okay? That's how you're going to get the most out of this show, and then that's how you're going to step into your greatness, all right? So on today's conversation, this is episode number 53, I'm bringing in a man who beat addiction and through, through his journey, he had he had a discovery, and a discovery that he was meant for more. He was meant to be more. He wanted to do more. He wanted to impact more. And he took that tumultuous time, and now he's channeled his life to making other people better. 
And it's a perfect fit for this show because that's what we want to do. We want to make other people better. So I'm going to bring in Adam Chaka now to share his story. Adam, welcome to the show. Excellent. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so just to share share with everyone else, he wasn't supposed to be on until like April or something. But the, the woman I was supposed to have on today, she's sick. So she canceled. And Adam and I had a call just to just to introduce ourselves to each other. And it just lo and behold, I was like, you know, can you talk tomorrow? This was yesterday. And so here, here he is today. But we're going to keep him on in April anyway, because he has such a dynamic story. It'll probably take two parts anyways. <laughs> so, all right. So for starters, just give everyone a quick background of just who is who is Adam Chaka. Yes, great. Thanks for having me. Um, so high school teacher, that's my day job, 15 years in the classroom, uh, wife and two kids. Uh, we live outside of Boston, Mass. And uh, yeah, I'm an artist. I'm a singer. I'm an author. Uh, um, and uh, this uh, now I'm I'm a new man after my, my personal transformation. I had a good midlife crisis about five years ago. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all do at some point have that because like I had mine early. I was 32 when I had mine. The tail end, tail end of being a restaurant manager. I was like, I just just can't do this anymore. It's like I'm I, I, I was never at home as a young child just dreaming of being a restaurant manager. Like I, I just wasn't. <laughs> you know, like I just knew I had bigger things that I wanted to accomplish. So Let's go back to your childhood. So like, where were you born and raised? Like, what kind of things were you dreaming of doing back then? Yeah, sure. I um, I was born in New York City, first five years there, and then uh, the family moved to Massachusetts. And uh, so I grew up in Plymouth, Mass., an hour south of Boston. That's where the Pilgrims landed in 1620. <laughs> and, uh, um, I kind of had a sort of normal childhood, but... Uh, it was around middle school where I started to, you know, think more and feel different and feel special, but in a really good way. So I got into music and theater and I had a good friend that got me into this fun little choir, a boys, like a boys chorus in middle school. And yeah. and the rest, the rest was history. I did theater and singing and dancing all through high school and all through college. And that was my major. A lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was probably a good positive outlet as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause it was, um, you know, it takes a lot of energy to be on stage in front of like all the parents and the, you know, for in your high school musicals, it's, you know, hundreds of people in the audience. And so it's, it was, uh, it was a great uh, productive thing to, you know, learn dance and singing and theater. And, and we just had a whole lot of fun. <laughs> what was your f- favorite part out of those three? Which one would you say was your favorite? Um, well, yeah, that's interesting you asked that because I feel like I'm getting back on that uh, uh, journey now. And that's part of my, like, this is what I need to do. So I'm getting back to performing. I, I did that after college. And that was the absolute favorite thing when you're on stage and you're with others and uh, and getting that audience laughter. I was, you know, I get my sense of humor from my mom. So God bless mm-hmm. her. It's, uh, it was just a lot of fun for me. It was a real electric, electric. Like it was like, like, ah. That's a lot of fun. Let's do this. I <laughs> uh, love it. Yeah. And so what you said there, because as you know, I'm a storytelling coach. So like as people talk, you know, I jot, I jot notes down. And the most powerful thing that you said there was this is what I need to do. 
right? This is what I need to do. And I feel like that one sentence can change so many people's lives. Because I knew at the tail end of restaurant management, I had just started doing stuff with fitness. But it was just more so as a hobby. Like, it was never really supposed to grow. And then when I lost that job, I was like, you know what? I'm free. I was like, I'm free. Like, I can... I can do this now, like, because that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that sentence right there is so key. And I feel like so many people get... She was in her 40s, and she had always wanted to learn to play the piano. So she talked my dad into getting a piano, and they brought it in the house. And I was like, you know, a bead of honey. I ran right over. What is this? When can I, you know, lessons, please? <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I ended up taking classical piano lessons for three or four years uh, until I got bit by what I call the pop radio bug. You know, I got bit by the melodies and kind of drew me away from classical. But classical has always been in my roots. And you know, many of the artists that I loved over the years is because they had that in their music. Uh, and then at one point, you know, I got, because I was interested in pop music, you know, I wanted to start playing like in a band, you know, start a band, join a band or whatever. And the keyboards at that time, we're talking in the 70s, were very expensive uh, to purchase. But it was cheaper to buy a guitar. So like I got a guitar, started learning to play guitar, and uh, started playing in bands and formed bands and you know throughout high school, you know played at dances and other events, which was great. And as you know, we alluded to earlier. So in my heart, I was like, I want to, you know, my future is music. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I'm good at math. You know, that's great. And by the way, I didn't know at the time it was the music education that was helping me be better at math it was the, the connection that was building between the two sides of the brain yeah uh, but i really wanted to go to school for music i mean there's a local college here westchester university here in pennsylvania it's very well known for music education i'm like this is where i want to go and my parents were like you know it's like you said they weren't wrong you know they're steering me you know try to pick something a little more dependable steady you know better career path and, uh, you know, I, I allowed myself to be convinced to, all right, we'll go here and do engineering. And I got a degree in that and then started a career doing that. And then, you know, I can't remember. It was very soon after I started my first job. You know, I remember getting a book, uh, you know, I think it was called Songwriters Market. You know, I'm like, well, I'll keep writing songs because I had been writing some songs up to that point. And maybe I'll pitch songs while I'm working my engineering job. And there it started. You know, I. You know, I was writing songs. They were getting better. At one time, it's kind of a, you might recall this. I'm not sure. The uh, I wrote a song called Rock and Roll and Wrestling Connection. That rings uh, a bell. This was where, uh, so my in-laws at the time, I got married pretty young uh, the first time I got married. And uh, my in-laws at the time were really into the World Wrestling Federation and watching that on TV. And honestly, to me, I didn't relate to it at all. But because I was at the house and watching like, people are really into this and as a songwriter i'm like it clicked i'm like right, i'm gonna write a song about it so i wrote a song and it included many of the characters that were involved in this whole wwf and pop culture thing yeah. you know rowdy rowdy piper uh mr t uh hulk hogan and, and cindy lauper who as an artist musical artist she was connected in with captain captain albano and there was a whole thing going I on i saw it yeah <laughs> So I wrote a song and then I'm like, all right, I don't know, what, what do I do with it? And then around the same time, you know, I wanted to get the song recorded and I had never been in a professional studio at that time. And I connected with some people locally who had a studio, a 16 track studio at the time. And we did a recording of it. And initially I was singing the song 
and it became very apparent, you know, this was a rock song and my voice was not <laughs> what the song needed. So <laughs> the guy who owned the studio said, I know a guy, you know, have him come over and he sang. I'm like, this is, this is <laughs> much better. And we did a really good recording of it. And I ended up bringing it to, uh, back then there was a local television station called uh, Prism TV here in the Philadelphia area. And it's where it was the station where all the sports events were broadcast from. It was the, uh, you know, whatever your cable company is today, it was the cable company of our time here. Okay. And all the Philadelphia sports teams were broadcast on this on Prism and the wrestling foundation uh, broadcast were on there. I brought the tape of the song rock and roll wrestling to a producer there. And he's like, you know, I really like this. He made a video out of the song using from WWF broadcast using uh, clips clips from the characters that were in the lyrics of the song and they ended up playing I'm telling you i've seen that i know i like <laughs> the, the second you said the name i was like that that rings a bell because i was big into wrestling back then but, but go ahead continue yeah absolutely it was uh so they ended up playing it on the air on uh prism tv and it was played down at the philadelphia spectrum which is the large arena yep. where the wf events wwf events were held and I, who knows where it was played nationally. Uh, and this kind of brought me on to the next segment of my part-time music passion out of that song, because so much was going on. We were like, well, we should put together a band <laughs> around the song. And uh, another buddy of mine who I recently event, met at that time ended up managing the band. And we put, you know, all these different players in the band and a lot of stuff started happening. And that kind of started my career as a band manager let's 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 talk through let's talk through that so when you said let's start a band like take take me through that dialogue amongst everyone well well first of all the decision had to be made myself is do i want to be in this band and at the time i was pretty fairly recently married i had a new child in my firstborn i'm like do i is it a really good idea for me to be in the band and go wherever that ends up taking me and I made the wise decision at the time. No, I, I need to be on in the background. And uh, so we, you know, we knew various different people that we connected with. And we ended up putting together six piece band, which at the time was called Free Delivery. And Free Delivery became really big in this Philadelphia area. And we had lab record labels that were interested, uh, but it, it wasn't working out at the time. Eventually they did get signed after we were involved with them uh, as another band, uh, another name, they changed the name to Hit the Ground Running, and they did pretty well with that. Uh, but that was kind of my, you know, baptism by fire into the whole music business. Uh, you know, we oh, visited. There's a piece that there's a piece that's missing there. So, like, what was the conversation with your wife like? I'm trying to remember the conversation with my wife at the time. That was my first wife, and I don't. There was probably a conversation, and if I had to guess how it went, it, it, it influenced the decision not to be in the band. Because uh, yeah, once you said no, I was like, there, there was something else that happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously, I would have loved to be in the band and play on the stage and, and do all that. Uh, number one, I wasn't the best musician. I mean, we, we found people that were better. Yeah. And I was smart enough to know that that's the better choice. And at the time, I was like, you know, I was happy being a songwriter. Let me write more songs and let me do that. Even though part of you is like wants to be on stage yeah. and do that. But there was definitely a conversation at that time and uh, probably was swayed, you know, a little bit more like, you know, you should really not do that because it's just as a family person, it's just not good to be running all around. Yeah. Uh, see, and, and I want and I wanted to highlight that 
because I, I feel like that stunts a lot of people's growth. And obviously sure. family, family is huge. Family is important, but you making your dream a reality can enhance the family, you know, from on many different fronts. And, and I feel like so many people hold back because of that. And in and, and my coaching program, I have a module that's assessing your, your support system. And mm-hmm. that, that's one of the biggest things is that the spouse may not be on board and how to navigate around that. Because like when I started my fitness business, my, my ex, she wasn't on board in the beginning either. You know, because we were used to my management check getting, you know, having benefits and everything else. You know, sure, sure. Time. You know as an entrepreneur, you got to grind. And sometimes you can grind, 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 and then no money hits the bank account, you know, especially when you're first starting. So I think that's really tough to navigate, and which is why I wanted to highlight that because you kind of just like danced around it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I feel like as far as you know, relatability, that there's probably people listening to this that are like, Yeah, because I can tell you I missed out on off the top of my head, probably four opportunities just because my exes weren't weren't really on board with the vision. So yeah. at least now I've forged ahead and like now I'm doing doing what what I want to do, like and it's working out. It is very important to have, you know, a strong support system. I'm very fortunate. Thirty years ago I met my current wife and, you know, has been completely supportive with anything that I wanted to do with regard to music or really anything. I could say I want to be an astronaut and she'd be like, I'll miss you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just it's just that level of connection. But you're absolutely right. A lot of times, you know, we do allow these external things, ex- external things to us, you know, hold us back. Uh, and if it's something we really, really want to do, I mean, to me, in the end, I wanted to do play, do something music as a career. And I think part of the problem, you know, we can get into this a little bit that that it hasn't happened over the last 30 years and only now is getting very close to happening is because I never really focused on in any one direction long enough. You know, I would do, you know, I started, you know, I did the songwriter thing. I was focusing on that for a while. And then I was managing bands You know, I managed a couple of different bands for a couple of years. Then I ended up working in a recording studio and then co-owning recording studio. Then I ended up, uh, I realized I was writing a lot of love songs. So I ended up buying lovesongs.com, the domain and oh, selling, nice. uh, writing love songs for weddings and anniversaries for couples all over the world. Uh, and I did that for a bunch of years, but my heart was never really completely. Yeah, you know, It was almost like my engineering career. Yeah. I'm kind of good at it, but is this what I really want to be doing? Is this my end game? Yeah. You know, is this my passion? Uh, and it, and it wasn't, I, I wasn't really comfortable doing it, even though I was kind of, good at doing it i mean people yeah. love the songs that i wrote uh it wasn't until geez i don't want to skip anything but let's see here about several seven years ago six and a half years ago i was listening one day rob to a teleseminar uh and honestly i don't even know why i bothered listening to it because the title of the teleseminar was how everyone has a book inside them they need to write mm. i never thought i would write a book i mean I, what was I going to be? What was I consider consider myself an expert at? I was a pretty good songwriter. I was a pretty good engineer, but I wasn't an expert on either one because I didn't focus <laughs> on either one. <laughs> but something drew me. You ever have something where it, you're just drawn to it? And you don't know why. So I could I picked up the phone. This is back before Zoom, before the internet was as big as now. You know, you listen to a training call, a teleseminar on the phone. I'm listening to it, and as I'm listening to it, the literal bolt of lightning hit me what about a book 
of inspirational stories of how music impacted people's lives. I could solicit stories from all over the world, from artists and, and non-artists, non-musicians, and put that together and we could publish that. I got so excited. You know, I ran up the stairs to tell my wife, you know, I, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And she was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, the funny thing is, a few weeks later, I talked her into being a co-author and we've been <laughs> going gangbusters ever since. And this is the first book that came out eventually, June 2015, 88 Plus Ways Music Can Change Your Life. And there's over 100 stories uh, of how music impacted people's lives, sometimes quite dramatically. And, you know, at the time we were nobody and we were reaching out to artists, some of them many famous. We ended up getting about a dozen celebrity artists to contribute stories to the book. And we were so grateful. Uh, people like uh, Simon Kirk, who was the drummer for Bad Company and Free, uh, Vanessa Carlton, uh, the guy from the singer from Toto, Bobby Kimball, and a number of others that just, you know, graciously offered their story uh, to be part of the book. And, you know, we were through, and we were off and running. That was like, that was the beginning of this whole direction that I'm going in now. Yeah. And you said the key sentence there, they offered their story. They offered their story. <laughs> and just like how you said, you know, how, you know, the healing power of music, like there's healing power in words as, as, as well. And so like when I started mine, I was like, all right, so what am I going to bring to the world? And everybody has a story, everyone. It doesn't matter where you live, what gender you are, what you identify as, none of that stuff matters. You have a story, you know? And so no, no matter what language you speak, it doesn't matter. And what, what you did there is like you took, you sat down and like, what do I have to offer the world? And then you just uh, splice together music. The, uh, you know, the Bucks game, you know, when they won the Super Bowl a few weeks ago. And so again, I think, you know, he's obviously a really interesting exponent of culture, as was, you know, as as or as is Bill Belichick. And so I think yeah. it is it is fascinating how, you know, you have an individual who has a remarkable influence on the game. And 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 you see that again in organizations, whether it's a leader or a team player, that you know, one person can have a really positive influence and also one person can have a very negative influence. Um, but it's re remarkable. And I mean, one of the points about the Super Bowl was that every individual who scored points for the Bucks, they had all been free agents, right? They'd all, yeah. they'd all come from someone, they, yeah. weren't, they weren't all, they weren't all the established Bucks team, which obviously was, 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 was trending upwards. And I think Jameis Winston, I think he, one of the things that really hurt him was his, his interception record, right? He had a huge interception record, but it, you know, it's a remarkable statistic that, you know, every point was scored by someone who had previously been a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, st sticking with that comparison. Sort of asleep after the party, but um, and I woke up and it was, uh, well, I will say that, you know, alcoholism or other addictions, are it's embarrassing. You know, it's not like a pretty transformation. Yeah. It's not all wonderful. It's, you know, it's embarrassing. There's a lot of group of like these same principles can work for someone who owns a hair salon, for someone who does massage therapy, for someone who, who uh, trains other other coaches for youth leaders, for anyone, like these same principles apply across the board. And it, you don't have to learn anything new. Like you don't have to come up with new content for your book. So if you have a book that helps people, you know, just strip the principles out of that and then just help a different demographic. So it takes all the guesswork out of it. So, but that's what you can do with the power of your stories. 
So I'm going to leave you with that. I started to keep it to about 20 minutes. How'd I do? 2306. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. But thank you very much for tuning in. I know it was a different time this time. And uh, when am I back again? I am back again on Sunday. So next Wednesday, well, the next two Wednesdays, the 10th and the 17th, the show is going to be at 2 p.m. to accommodate guests again I have coming from different parts, different parts of the country so our schedules can sync up. And uh, thank you guys for being flexible with that because, as always, you can always catch the replay or you can catch it on the website, the podcast website, shutupandgrind.me. So, all right, let's cue the outro, episode 55. We are signing off. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind. People love people's success, but, you know, the, the magic is in the journey. You know, it's like, how did you take that mess and then turn it into something amazing that other people can learn and benefit from? You know, I'll just share too. I just remembered, you know, because you asked a good question about how did you like realize it? Or when did you realize like, um, and you know, what's funny is that uh, there was a time period. There must've been a few months where I knew that I had a drinking problem. I knew that I was a drunk and yet I kept drinking. Mm. That was, and so, and to give an, a story that's, you know, it's almost embarrassing, but I don't, I don't mind sharing in case someone might, you know, like hear this and say, oh my God, I do the same thing or um or my brother does or whoever um that so when i was in the 